Okay, I think we're uh, ready to get going again. We'll get everybody to grab a seat here in the room, and we'll say good morning to everybody who is with us online. It is great to have you here today. My name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team as well, and it is great to have you here. Can we just say thank you to Wagner for the playing this morning? Thank you so much, Wagner. Love this moment. Him and his family attend in, in our church, and it was just a, a great moment to honor our veterans, uh, past and even present, who take care of us and protect us. We are thankful, aren't we? Yeah. Amen. Um, I enjoy traveling. Does anybody else like traveling uh, at all? Okay. <laughs> wow, that was a little bit more than I thought I was going to get. Uh, but when I travel, uh, several years ago, I came up with this phrase that I now use when I travel. And I'm going to tell you that phrase in a moment, but I'm going to kind of give you as to why I landed on this phrase. I traveled with a few other guys down to Los Angeles where we were attending a conference, but when we attend conferences, we kind of, we've planned it around sporting events because we're that people. And so we, we got tickets to this, uh, to this uh, Los Angeles Clippers game, basketball, NBA. And uh, in true Sean Chapman form, I buy the cheapest ticket I can, and then I, I look in the arena to see where I could move to. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody else do this? My wife hates me for it. She's like, I'm not going with you. I'm like, see you later then. Like, uh, we'll catch up with you later. But we bought the, the poorest of seats. And so we get up to the top of the arena there, and you can't see. Like, you need binoculars in order to engage. But uh, all of a sudden, these um, hosts showed up into our section and the section beside us. And they started to have this... Uh, uh, contest to see which section could be the loudest. It was fantastic. And so our section obviously dominated and won the story. And because of that, we were then, everyone in our section, I don't know how many people, 150, 200 people, every single person was given a free pair of Converse kicks. Every single person. And the only catch was you had to live in the United States of America. Now, you laugh at me, but it just so happened that I had one of my students who was living in California. So guess what all of us did? We gave her our coupons to get our brand new kicks straight out of Los Angeles. Oh, but it gets better. Because before the game started, I went and made friends with one of the ushers. And I said, listen, me and my friends were from Canada. We'd like to move right down to these seats, which were about 10 to 15 rows off the floor. She looks at us like, are you crazy? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And so sure enough, true to my decision, I went down with my friends. I went right back to her and I said, I told you I would come back. And she was looking in the section for the game and she found us four seats together. It is there where we engaged Chris Paul off the Los Angeles Clippers, Kevin Durant off of the OKC, and we had a fantastic fantastic time sitting in somebody's $500 American U.S. seats <laughs> because the cheap guy in me wanted the cheap tickets, but we moved and we got it done. We walked out of that arena that day, and as you could imagine, we were probably pretty pumped up and we were pretty jacked. We got brand new shoes, and these, these are it. Like, these are the ones. I love these red ones. They remind me. But I came up with this phrase, and the phrase off of that was, favor ain't fair. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, favor ain't fair. 
And I know some of you just really struggled with that because you just said, ain't, Sean. And so all you English people, get over it just for a moment, okay? It's just a phrase, like it's okay, but favor ain't fair. And I have used this phrase over and over in my life when I have traveled. I have multiple stories that I wish I could share with you as to the favor ain't fair moments that I have had as I've traveled through different locations and countries is fantastic. But today, favor ain't fair is really where I want to uh, challenge us together. To do that, I have three verses. One is found in our, in our series of Thriving in Babylon, Daniel, and the other two are going to help compensate where we want to take our time uh, in this. So on the screens, you're going to see the verses that I would like to read to us today. Daniel chapter 1, verse 9 says, Now God had caused the official to show, somebody say it, favor and compassion to Daniel. Exodus chapter 34, verse 4 reads this, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And then Isaiah 66, verse 2 is the last verse that I would like to share with us today. These are the ones I look on with, somebody say it, favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. As we've read the word of the Lord, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the life and the fullness that is in this place right now. And as we have now opened your word to look at it, please teach us is what I pray. Holy Spirit, anoint this space today so that people would become more like Jesus Christ. We love you and we give you thanks. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. I would like to speak to us from the subject today, favor ain't fair. Turn to your other neighbor and tell them, favor ain't fair, and believe it. Now, this, this series that we're in is actually the last part of this series called Thriving in Babylon. We have contended for the last month and a half that this is not just about surviving, but it is thriving in Babylon. And some of us who are new to the scene today are like, what is, what is Babylon? Okay, so Babylon was a, a city and an empire in the Bible. They were a ruthless gang of people. They just so happened to take Israel into exile as well. Babylon would be what would be, for us today, modern-day Iraq. And so what we're looking at is that the Babylon that we read in the Bible is the archetype of cultures and empires that have kind of kicked God out of the middle. And so today we're going to kind of wrap up this series, but what we're really doing is just getting started when it comes to Daniel. We're going to take a quick Christmas break over this next little season. But come January, we're going to amp up Daniel's story a little bit more because he has got some pretty fantastic stories to take a look at as well as disciplines. I'm excited for when we get to January, we're going to jump back into our 21 days of prayer and fasting and we're going to do a Daniel fast together. Are you excited for this? Not a lot of excitement off of that. You're going to make me not, no, 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 we'll tell you more, but it, there's so much more to Daniel. But this is what we've learned about Daniel so far from Dr. David Jeremiah. And he says, as we see the actions of a boy growing into a man, a composite picture of Daniel begins to emerge. He's composed before crisis. He's courageous before the captain who is to take his life, confident before God in prayer, careful before his success to give praise to the Lord. And when God answers his prayers, he is contrite in spirit. Uh, Daniel has been a fantastic study so far, and we have a lot to learn from him today. But we have to keep in mind, Daniel was a prisoner in a foreign land. 
And even though he was in exile, he had incredible favor and influence in his life. So today our discussion is going to wrap itself around favor and influence. And I have a question that I think uh, will come up onto the screen for us today. But when it comes to favor and compassion, if you could have both of these things, would you take it? Anybody? Would you take favor and compassion? Only seven of you actually responded to this, which is really interesting. If you had favor and compassion, would you take it? Now, in order to do this, we need to kind of start with the end in mind. So if you want to have favor and influence, let's start there. And I want to start it with an illustration of this beautiful thing on the screen, a cake. How many of you like cake? Does anybody like cake? How many of you would like to eat this cake? Seriously, if you had an opportunity to do. Like if I were to tell you right now that through these doors, at the very end of this service, I've got five cakes from Lighthouse Bakery that are about to be rolled out here that look a lot like this. Who would try to take a piece of it? Who would eat this, actually? I mean, unfortunately, I don't have those cakes. But... Uh, <laughs> But I'm, I'm just making a point here about this cake. It looks really good, but I want you to understand this one thing about this cake. That's the finished product. So there's a process to get to the finished product, right? I mean, to start this whole adventure, you got to go to work. Somebody's got to earn some money in order to make this cake. Or you go to Aunt Betty and ask her for 50 bucks to make a cake or something like that. You have to then go to the store. You have to buy bowls or mixers. You have to buy the right ingredients in order for that cake to be made. Did you know that to make that cake the way it needs to be done is that you have to then begin to mix the right ingredients and the right amount of ingredients, and then with a proper application of time, you will then come to this conclusion of that finished product. Favor and influence are like this cake that you've seen, a finished product. And everybody wants the finished product. Everybody wants the cake and they want to eat it. People do want favor and influence, but we have to keep the end in mind. So in order to have and to get favor and influence in our lives, we have to take a good look at the process and the journey as to how can I have this favor and influence. And really our goal through the course of this series has been to help us together See the process to get to favor and influence. In the very first week, we talked about how we are to acknowledge who God is in our lives. But we have to acknowledge that in our nation, we've kicked God from the middle. We've learned that God has purpose in Babylon. Even though Babylon doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes and it, it rubs us a certain way, there's still purpose in Babylon God doesn't waste time, nor does he ever waste space. He will redeem it all. We've talked about how we have to surrender our indoctrination, that you and I were really good with idols. We have been good, unfortunately, with our technology and the consumption of so many things that have polluted who we are as people. We have to get rid of our indoctrination. Donna brought a fantastic message a couple of weeks ago about swimming upstream. How many of you ever felt that you've been swimming upstream in Canada's culture in the last little while? We have. We've seen it. But she taught us that we could resist. We could stand firm. That we do not have to compromise our morals and who we are as believers in Jesus Christ. She challenged you and I to be the thermostat, all right, which is important. She talked about how it's important for us to set the temperature, not to be adjusted with the, with the temperature of our culture. But let's be the thermostat together. And then she said, you got to do this in community. 
Pastor Tyson followed with a fantastic message as well on our identity. And that was a very powerful option for us to pay attention to, is that it's not a traditional or a modern identity, but we have to listen to the eternal voice of God for us to understand who we are to live in Babylon. And last week, I I shared a message with us on our character. Your speech matters. Your community. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Character redirects the God, and, and it ultimately will allow people to see God. But when this happens, when these pieces fall into play and we give ourselves to the process, it is then over here with a finished product that we can have favor and influence. Let me ask you again, does anybody want favor and influence in your life? I would hope that you would. But I got to tell you today that I want to, um, I want to expose some lies that I think some of us have believed when it comes to favor and influence. I believe right now that these are things that some of you in this space, in this room, or online with us today, you, you believe. And I want to expose a couple things today. Some of us think that my life is, is too horrible for God's favor. How could God allow his favor to come upon my life? Because you don't realize, Sean, the sin that is in my life right now. I walk through a divorce. I've been in an adulterous relationship. I gossip quite a bit. I haven't read my Bible in such a long time, and I've got hypocrisy written all over me, so there's no way that I can have the favor of God. In fact, some of us believe that God's disposition towards you is that he wants to simply punish you, that you are unlovable, And ultimately, a lie of that, because of these things, I cannot have influence towards other people. But I want to take us back to our theme verse for this year, which comes out of Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 to 19. I want to read it over you because this is important. It says, but forget all of that. Somebody say forget. I want you to forget it. I want you to forget those feelings and those lies that have come into your life because it is, com- it is nothing compared to what I'm about to do now. And God says that I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. I'm here to communicate to us today that I want you to forget all of those things that you may feel, the lies that an enemy has been trying to throw in your life. I want you to realize and recognize today that God has favor and influence on your life, that God wants to do something in and through you, and he is about to do something new with you if you will allow him to do it. Does anybody want favor and influence today? There's more and more hands being raised as we do this this morning. Now to do that, let's take a look at favor and influence. I have three things that I want to show to us when it comes to favor. First of all, my point is that favor ain't fair. I love the word ain't. It should be in the dictionary. It is a fantastic word for us today. Favor ain't fair. The word favor means to feel or show approval or preference for. The word favor means demonstrated delight. The verses that I read to us earlier, uh, Daniel chapter 1 verse 9 and Exodus 34 verse 6, there is this phrase that appears in both of those texts. 
And that phrase is gracious and compassionate. And this is interesting for us today because the first one out of Exodus chapter 34 demonstrates to us, and Charles, I think we've got that onto the screen too, right? Gracious and compassionate. This is what is described to be the person of God, and there are the exact same verses that show up in Daniel chapter 1, verses 9. Let me show you a little bit about these words. In Exodus 34, the word is hanan. It's a verb. And actually, the word hanan means gracious. It means show favor and pity. In the Daniel text, it is the hesed, or the hen, which is the noun, which means grace or favor. It means delightful. It means favorable. It means undeserved. That when I ask you, do you want favor today? Take a look at those definitions. Now let me ask you again, does anybody want favor in their life? And still not all of you are convinced, and that's okay, I'll get to you in a second. But it's undeserved. I mean, favor ain't fair. I mean, a couple weeks ago we were in Kelowna, and after supper one night, we went on onto the street, and as we turned the corner onto the street, we suddenly saw an ice cream shop. And you know what happens when you see an ice cream shop. You have to go try the 50 flavors that are in the window, right? So we approached this gal, and we started tasting it, and she's like, what do you want to buy now? We're like, ah, we're not quite done there yet, because uh, we just ate supper. And so, but we did communicate to her that we would come back. And so then what we did is we hopped on some these scooters and we bombed around downtown Kelowna. It was awesome. And, uh, but at the end of the night, we came back to, the, um, to this gal and so she's like, are you ready? And we're like, absolutely. And then she says one thing to us. She goes, listen, I've got all of these donuts left over and we're about to close. If you would purchase one of these donuts, I'll give all 13 to you. Somebody say favor ain't fair. <laughs> Pastor Tyson's eyes lit up like Christmas morning. He was so excited for what was about to take place, but sure enough, we bought one and we got 13. Favor ain't fair, right? But the thing that I mentioned about that, like we didn't deserve that. We didn't know this person from a hole in the wall. We knew nothing about it. But this is what we're talking about when it comes to favor. And I mentioned just a few moments ago that many of us think that God's disposition towards me is judgment. I want to correct you by showing you these words today, that God's disposition, his natural disposition, his character to you and me today is to give you something undeserved, and it is called grace and favor. And that is wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. Let's be honest. You and I, we don't deserve Jesus. We don't deserve the communion elements that were given to us today. But guess what? God gave it to me anyway. Anybody thankful for that grace and that favor? And I got to tell you, that favor ain't fair. And you're all living under favor ain't fair today because God's disposition towards you is he loves you and something undeserved is given to you. And grace and favor are interchangeable words. They are synonyms. They are related together. And God's favor is for you. So favor, it sure ain't fair. Daniel knew favor ain't fair. I mean, he had the, the approval of the chief of staff, the commander of the army, and he ultimately got the ear of the king, who last week we read in chapter 2, decided to declare in a completely different country with all of their many gods that Daniel's God, Yahweh, was the one true God. Favor ain't fair. 
you're in exile. How can that happen? It's because God's favor is always looking for moments to be demonstrated in our lives. Second thing that I see about favor today is that favor can flourish in adversity. Did you know this about Daniel? He had a lot of adversity towards him. He had a lot of things in his life, and we read one of those last week where he was about to be executed for taking his stand and not being able to interpret a dream. Maybe you've heard of this crazy story about this guy in a lion's den. That's this guy, Daniel. Talk about adversity. But even in the face of adversity, even in the face of Babylon, God's favor was very evident, and influence was able to occur. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 3, listen to this. Let's talk about your adversity today for a second and mine. It says, but listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, O Colwood Church, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid. See, I have ransomed you. I've called you by name and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I want to communicate to you today that God is for you. He is not against you. That even in the middle of your adversity, whatever it may be today, God's still looking to demonstrate, to pour out His favor upon your lives. The one who has formed you says, I'm not done with you. Don't just think that because you're in Babylon or that you're in exile that I am done with you. He's saying, I got you right where I need you, and I'm going to allow my favor to impact your life. Favor can flourish in adversity. The third thing about favor that I want to say, and we've talked about how God's natural disposition towards you is favor, but did you know that you could have something to do with it as well today? Because your faith fuels favor. In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2, you're going to see two verses there. The first one I read at the beginning, but I want us to also pay attention to the message translation. This is what God says. These are the ones that I look on with favor. What do we see? Wow, that's really tiny. I love that. (laughs) Get your binoculars out. I'll read it for everybody who has bad eyes right now, okay? Okay. (laughs) these are the ones who need glasses anyway no i'm just kidding the ones i look on with favor and it says this if you're humble if you're contrite in spirit if you tremble at his word then god looks for that and he pours his favor out upon people like that i think that's beautiful the message translation reads it this way but there is something i'm looking for god saying that something i'm looking for a person simple and plain reverently responsive to what I say. The word that we see in this, in this um, scripture verse, favor, has a different name, and that name is Nabat. Nabat is a noun, and that word today talks about how we are to look, to regard, to pay attention to, to consider. See, when it comes to favor, This is exactly how God is towards you and me. He is looking for you. Did you know that God is paying attention to you? That God is considering you today? He's got eyes on you. He's got eyes for you. And the Nabat of God looks for you. My question to us today is, how are you doing though? 
when it comes to being humble, repentant, and and loving his word. Because it says God looks for these people and he wants to pour his favor out in more abundance upon those types of people. May I encourage you today to quit striving for the favor of man. It is time that the people of God started to look for his favor and look for his approval and his voice in our lives. And your faith will fuel the favor. Now, because of God's incredible favor, I am convinced that he then takes that favor and he uses it for influence. And you want to know what the the goal of influence is? You know what God's ultimate goal with people or with this favor piece is influence of people. God loves people. He loves you. We've already communicated that this morning. But God wants to pour out his favor upon you to bring influence to other people. Now, some of us will shy away from this conversation, and you will make another lie known in your head, and I've done this too, but I can't have influence. I I just can't do it. And I want to correct that thinking today by saying, you've got influence. It's just whether or not it's good or bad. Because there are things in your life that could be poor for influence. There could be things in your life that are good for influence. But Please do not mistake this. You have influence. We know that influence can be silent or it can be out loud. I know that in my life I've had influence that was intentional and I've had influence that has been unintentional. It's everywhere, but you and I have it. Now, God has placed us in Babylon, no matter how hard this is, to represent Him. But we got a problem today. Today we are far more prone to isolate than to infiltrate. We keep our personal contact with godless people, leaders, institutions to a minimum. God wants us to be influenced in this society, but as we see with this problem, we don't like what, you know, what he presents. In John chapter 17, there is this beautiful section of scripture, and oftentimes I have found that we have misquoted it. God doesn't want me to be in the world. I mean, he doesn't want me to associate. He doesn't want me to. And I think we've misquoted what Jesus is trying to say. Jesus doesn't want you and I to be of the world. But guess where he wants you to be? In the world. Well, no, no, he doesn't want me. Yes, he does. He says it in John chapter 17. What he also prays for is that you would protect them from the evil one in Babylon. But I want you to be in the world to bring this influence. It's as if Jesus was placing us in Babylon on purpose to do something for his name. And I'm thinking about this in that I want you today to be less concerned with your point of location than you are with your source of information. Daniel knew where he was. It was Babylon. You know where you're at. But I'm asking you today, what is feeding? What is the source of your information and knowing? God says that he wants to pour his favor out on you, not his judgment. And he wants to pour out his influence through you to this world. And will you allow him? In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20, it reads that we are Christ's ambassadors. And God is making his appeal through us. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're an ambassador. Go ahead, let them know. 
Turn to another neighbor, say it. You are an ambassador. And God is wanting to make his appeal through you. Through me? Yeah, through you. Larry Osborne says, without contact, there can be no impact. You like that? Without contact, there can be no impact. See, God has placed his favor on your life so that you can impact other people. And I'm tired of the narrative that people speak about, you know, people who do not belong to Christ or the enemy. No, they're not the enemy. They are victims of the enemy, whose name is Satan. And what God wants is for us to go rescue a people who need to know this favor and this grace in the person of Jesus Christ. So wherever you are, Babylon, school, work, I'm telling you today, you can have influence. No matter your age, no matter your ethnicity today, no matter your position in an organization. I had lunch today or this week with somebody who started in their organization as a janitor. Now they're at the top of the food chain and they're running a business to the glory of God. It doesn't matter where you are in your neighborhood, in your family. God will say to you today that I can have influence in and through you to other people no matter who you are and where you're at. And he wants to do that through you. Influence, folks, today is really all about what uh, you can do for others. Let me ask you, how are you adding value to people around you today? What could you do today? And when you walk out of this place and you go to Tim Hortons, what could you say to that person who's serving you? How can, about holding the door for somebody else? What about saying to a family member something that is going to be to the benefit and to the glory of God? Influence is all about how you add others' value. The Latin definition for the word influence, many of us would think it's outflow, but the actual word means inflow. Latin. This is what influence is all about. What is the inflow to who you are today? And that's why we are saying that the last five weeks that we've spent in this series is all about the inflow. It's all about who you are. And then to get to the end product of being people of favor and influence now means that we could step into the fullness of what God has for us. Max Lucado says that the influence of the church does not depend on the church. It depends on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will never lose its influence. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love that one today. See, this year, I firmly believe for our church family that God wants you to live in favor ain't fair moments. I'm not talking about tickets or kicks. I'm talking about that he wants you to live in a favor that is from heaven itself and that your influence is gonna impact people for Jesus Christ through you. I believe that with my whole heart that he wants to carry an influence through you. And I know that because it says that God is about to do a new thing. Does anybody want a new thing in your life with favor and influence? Because I'm reading here that we are his ambassadors. His favor is with us. We've got every permission and right to step into the fullness of what he is and who he is. But is your inflow okay today? Because he wants to use you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Charles, if we could bring the blinds down. 
one more time. We're going to sing a song. But this is my challenge to us in this space today. I know that you want to get out of here quickly to go get the coffee or the breakfast. But this is how I really felt that we were to end this morning's message. It's through a time of response and singing. But this is what I'm asking you today. Do you want favor and influence in your life? This morning, it would be a privilege of our pastoral team, our elders, to pray for you. So as Bethany and the team sing this song, if you want specific prayer and you're saying, God, I want favor and influence in my life, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat today and to come find a space at this front. And we're going to pray with you. And we're going to believe that this year, God is about to do a new thing in you, through you, because his favor is that good. His favor is that strong. And he is looking for you to have influence. So if you want prayer today, even before they sing, why don't you make your way to the front if you want prayer today? Don't hesitate. Don't delay. But today we want to spend some time praying. All right? And then we'll come back in a few moments with the instruction. But if this is you today, make your way.